Have you ever heard the phrase? I mean, it's kind of popped around a lot, certainly the last 10 years or so. It's from Silicon Valley. It's kind of hip with the, you know, Patagonia vest wearing tech bros and sisses. And the phrase they say all the time is fail fast. Fail fast. Hey, everybody, Todd Conklin, Pre-Accident Investigation Podcast. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. Uh, just thinking about that song. I don't know why that song just popped into my head right then. I guess because, you know, I'm a big fan of Pirates of, Pirates of the Caribbean. I am a big fan. And so there you go. Maybe that's why that's there. Hey, it's good to be with you. How are things going? Rushing as record-breaking record speed into uh, tomorrow. You know, that's what we do. We're zooming ahead as fast as we possibly can. Man, it's amazing to me how busy we stay and how much just fundamental underlying stress this must create in our lives. Not that I'm going to talk about that today, but, you know, the busier you are, I think there's kind of a steady hum of stress in your head all the time and you don't know it until you stop and and when you stop you're like whoa what was that man i was stressed out and didn't even know it well that's kind of what it's like i mean it's a big part of it i, I was talking to a friend just the other day who told me that his boss said if you don't take a vacation you're going to be fired and he was telling it to me because well it's kind of a i mean it's a good story so why wouldn't you tell it but i think he was telling it to me to to kind of say, you know, this is a relationship I have with my boss and he really cares about me and, and um, you know, he's really concerned about me. And he really insists, he was serious, he really insists that I take a vacation. And I said, well, you know, there's a really interesting piece of information there. And one is, is that it's fundamentally important to remember this. And if you guys remember nothing else about podcasts, remember this. By the time you're burned out, it's too late. So when you think you're burned out, it's too late. So you want to catch burnout before it burns you out. Because if you catch it after it burns you out, you're burned out, right? I mean, that, that makes sense. It's kind of obvious. What that boss was telling this guy, my friend, was, I, I'm watching you, and I can see that this system's running towards failure. This is not sustainable. And it's not working. And because it's running to failure and it's not sustainable... I want you to take a vacation. And I was like, you, you should probably listen to that. But I said, more importantly, you probably ought to look at the way you're doing your work and the way you're empowering your people to uh, work with you because your process is broken. And, and that's what that data point says. It was a really interesting conversation. And it went on to, I mean, it ended up being fine. It was great. But it's very interesting to think that data comes to us Learning happens all the time, and information comes to us in many, many, many different forms. And it's really there for us to observe. But the key is, is we have to be observant. We have to be humble enough and inquisitive enough, and our egos need to be checked at the door enough, not completely, but checked at the door enough so that we create an environment that allows us to take in data, even data 
that we don't want to hear. Like, you need to go on vacation because if you continue doing this, it's not going to be good for anybody. That, that's, that's a relatively good piece of information together. It was a great conversation, and it kind of made me think. I mean, that's why I'm talking about it now with you guys, is it kind of made me think a little about kind of the never-ending, low-grade stress that we're under all the time, and what are we doing as kind of a check-in to ensure we're creating an environment where not only our people can enjoy great mental health, but we also get the benefit of enjoying great mental health. And that line between sort of workplace safety and mental health, that line's getting really fuzzy. I mean, it's, you're starting to see lots of, unfortunately, suicides at work. I mean, this stuff's going on, and that's kind of an indicator. It's, it's all information. And if we're humble enough and inquisitive enough, we'll take that on as kind of a challenge. And, and that's part of where we are. Everything is great here. I, I, I would complain, but I don't know what I'd complain about. Probably something. I mean, I could, if you give me time, I'll think of something to complain about. But uh, no, things are crunching along. I, I'm always ready for winter to be over. Um, but I think it's probably a good thing we have it, kind of the yin and yang of the seasons, because it makes summer better. That's my theory. At least, if that's not true, you guys, let me just go with that because it's a really good coping mechanism. But, you know, cold is cold. And you're right. Cold, if you feel cold, it's not a function of the weather because you don't got jack squat to do with the weather. You don't even get to influence the weather. If you feel cold, it's because you don't have the right equipment. You don't have the right gear on. So I never think it's too cold. I just think I don't have the right stuff on. So I need to make sure I have all the right stuff, you know, piles of stuff to wear and gloves and hats and, you know, fur-lined Crocs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, you can find those in my house. I'm not proud of it, but they're sure comfortable and uh, fun to wear. I'll just put that out there for you as well. So today, the conversation we're going to have is an interesting little conversation. I, I honestly don't know where this will go. I mean, I, I know what I want to say to you, but I'm almost more curious what you would say to me, because this idea is a really interesting idea, and you hear it all the time. It's kind of, it's sort of hip to talk about, and I kind of thought it would go away. It would blip up, and then we'd never hear anything about it again, but it kind of hasn't gone away. In fact, it's, it's a part of sort of business speak now that I'm not sure exactly what we should do with it. We fail fast, we learn fast, and we improve fast. And that's a part of kind of the, the tech cycle that says that, that's, how you, that's how you're successful, is you go out, you beta test really quick, you let it fail really quick, you learn from that failure. These are all good things. There's no question about it. And then out of that, we become stronger, more resilient, and we have a better product, and then we become multi-zillionaires. And we invent something really cool. And we buy a really interesting angular-shaped yacht, and we travel around the country, and we do that kind of stuff. Or we go crazy. We become, become megalo, megalo, what's the word? Megalomaniacal? Uh, we become evil geniuses. That's the word I want. And, you know, we take over the world. This idea of failing fast is, so first of all, I think the reason it caught air, the reason it was so popular is because it's so counter-theoretical to the way human beings are hardwired. 
So nobody really likes to fail, and yet failure is super normal. It happens all the time. And in fact, all of us are failure prone because we're all human beings. We make mistakes. We screw up. We fail a lot. But we don't talk about failure. We don't celebrate failure. And what's interesting is if you talk to people, great interculturalists, and I know a few. I'm not bragging or anything. But I talked to my friend Jack Condon about this. He's probably one of the foremost interculturalists in the world. I mean, he's a powerful dude. And I talked about him, how, how other cultures really manage this notion of failing. And what I ask him is, are there cultures that really embrace failure, not as failure, but as opportunity? And he thought about it because he's very thoughtful. And he thought about it and kind of furled his brow and looked at me and said, you know, not in his knowledge that failure is, is really probably, it's almost super cultural. It, it, it's a human condition. It's, uh, it's, it's more kind of in the, the Nietzschean existentialism category than it would be high context, low context culture. And so now that's, that's not a huge amount of investigation. I wouldn't say the story's done, but I, did talk about it with somebody who knows a lot about it. And it kind of meant what I thought was true as well. People don't like to fail. And because they don't like to fail, we generally don't talk a lot about failure because it's kind of embarrassing and painful. And then enter 15 years ago, 20 years ago, software designers. And I managed a whole bunch of them. It was a great part of my career who really understand the power of beta testing quickly and failing fast, because if you fail fast, you get the information fast, which allows you to fix fast, which allows you to actually create incredible products in a very short cycle time. It all makes total sense, total sense. And it became sexy. And it became a mantra that you hear. You've heard it before. I mean, I, I am not the first person that has said this to you. You've heard it said many times. But I actually think the idea of failing fast is probably the wrong idea. I, I'm not sure we need to fail fast. I think we need to fail successfully. And what we ought to probably define is what is a successful failure, right? Because fast or slow, well, it strikes me that those are somewhat subjective, and probably not terribly important. I understand the value of it happening very soon because the opportunity to improve then comes very quickly. But not all of our work has the benefit of immediate beta testing. In fact, some of the work we do, we will actually build failure modality into that system years and years and years before it shows its ugly head in actual operations. I'm talking to you engineers. I'm talking to you designers. You know who I'm talking to. And so the idea of failing quickly is sexy, but I really think what we want to do is fail successfully, fail smartly. Those are probably better ideas. Still just as subjective. I'm not sure that my way is more measurable than their way, but I do think that actually talking about it in, in a way where you're actually directing towards this idea of successful failure expands the conversation. So you're not just talking about failing, having consequence, learning from that consequence, shutting the barn door after the cow gets out. You're actually talking about building a system that's resilient enough 
so that when it fails, we've got the ability to pulse those signals, both strong and weak, all the way along the process in order to understand what happened and how it happened. How it happened is pretty vital to what we want to talk about. And so we really want to fail towards how. And in failing towards how, what happens is we create a system that A, knows it's going to fail. So that's really important. Probably should say that again. A, knows it's going to fail. Because one of the things that's really interesting about the journey we're all on together is that many of us in our organizations still assume perfection will be the outcome. That if we just design this well enough and we write a good enough procedure and we train it aggressively, the outcome is really predictable. It'll be perfect. It'll be consistent. It'll happen the same way every single time. We'll never have a problem. But in fact, that is the scariest thing of all. In fact, I'm relatively convinced that's why we have catastrophic failure, fatalities is because we've built a system that we're so certain is going to operate perfectly that we haven't built the ability to fail successfully into that system. We haven't built recoverability or resilience into that system. We haven't built in places to test for and measure and identify and discover drift. And yet we know we have those things. It's not like they don't exist. We know they exist. They're, they're a huge part of how it happens. It's, it's what our work does. And so the idea of failing fast, I think, puts the emphasis in the wrong place. It puts the emphasis on the cycle time. And cycle time is important. I mean, I get that. I totally get that. But it's not the most important thing. I, I promise you, it's not. It, it needs to be an emphasis not on failing quickly but on failing successfully. We know we're going to fail, and we know we want to learn from it, and we know it's how we improve. Because failure is not the opposite of success. It's a really important component of being successful. So we know all these things are true. Bing, 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 bing. Fact, 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 fact. It's, it's absolutely 100% predictable, 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 predictable. But when it happens, we've got to build enough on the back end, both culturally and psychologically and operationally so that we can learn and recover simultaneously. Maybe we recover before we learn, but they're pretty darn close to one another. And so that idea, that's a challenge. And when you hear the guy come in with the Patagonia vest with the company logo on it, the tech bro or tech sis, and say, we fail fast, that's our mantra, Ask them, do you really fail fast or do you want to fail successfully? Do you want to fail in such a way that, you, that it comes out as an investment, not a cost, that you learn from it, that you can identify it happening, you can listen to weak signals, you can see drift taking place, you can actually fail in a way that the consequence is low but the learning is high, and you can gather data before the system fails completely, catastrophically. Herculeanly, I made that last word up, but I like it. That's actually a pretty good idea. And that's one that we ought to be thinking about. Now, not to counter super smart people in Silicon Valley, because I know they're smart. I mean, they're definitely smarter than I am because they're, you know, going around in their boats and stuff. But I do think the 
sexiness of the phrase has now contaminated the power that they really are trying to capture. It's not that they want to fail fast. It's that when they fail, they want to fail in such a way that they can learn from it successfully. That could be fast or slow. But generally, the emphasis is not on the rate of failure. It's on how we respond to the failure when it happens. How ready were we for the failure when it takes place? How predictive were we in the presence of controls and barriers and safeguards? How much capacity was built in that system to allow that beta test to fail in such a way that we could correct it almost immediately? That's actually what I think is the important part of that fail fast component. And unfortunately, I think the fast part gets in the way of the cool failing successfully part. And that puts us in a position where we have to think it over. I don't know. I'm curious what you think. Drop me a comment. Because I could be completely wrong on this. I mean, I've been wrong on a bunch of stuff before. It's, it's not going to be new to me. But I am pretty interested in the fact that we can use the leverage that this fail fast idea has. Because it is pretty sexy. There's no question about that towards our benefit. We can use that same idea to talk about how that works with work planning or controls, safeguard distribution, capacity building, how we do investigations, how we do operational learning, how we learn from success, how we understand what's happening when nothing bad's happening. Because I think that's a really, really important way to look at the work we do. That, I think, is a pretty important little podcast. So where does this take us? Well, I think it takes us carefully into the conversation that we just had. That we can use a lot of these contemporary ideas that have been around a while that are coming from other industries, and we can understand how they help us build a case for new thinking, for belief changing in our world. Because I think that's actually a pretty powerful tool for us, and it makes a huge difference. Plus, I think it's kind of cool, and I'm, you know, pro-cool. I've never not been pro. I may not look pro-cool, but deep down, I'm pro-cool. Let's just put that out there as far as we can. That is the pod for today. It's short and sweet, but there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think that helps us kind of grow. It is something I've thought about for a while, and I'm curious what you think as well. So it looks like the investigation class is maybe going to happen, which is kind of a surprise to me, but you guys asked for it. And man, I got a ton of comments after I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. So it must be relatively, uh, it's kind of on the radar screen of where people are. And it's really interesting because the comments they're asking are pretty healthy. They're not saying, how do we do X or how do we do Y? But they're saying, what happens if your corrective actions get unreasonably large and out of one event, there are things that it would be impossible to fix them all. That's a pretty good question. I mean, I, I could tell you what, what I would do in that case. And that is I, I would let the workers help me prioritize what we should be doing first. But I'm going to tell you, if you have lots of corrective actions, one of the pieces of data that you can carry out of that is that maybe your investigation isn't quite done yet. I mean, because that could be sort of helpful. 
at some level. But but nonetheless, the interest is pretty high. So if you're interested, drop me a note because um, that'll help us prepare uh, for when we're going to do it. I think we're probably going to do it in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Is It feels like that's where it's going to happen because that's a, a pretty great place to visit if you've not been here and uh, I live here. So just telling you that kind of makes it uh, it's hard for me not to do it if you live in the town where the meeting is. You can't really get out by saying, well, I can't really get there. or My flight was canceled. I tried, but my flight was canceled. You know, that doesn't work when you live there. Nonetheless, you guys, that is the pod for today. Learn something new every single day. Have as much, Thanks for listening, too. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be kind to each other. Be good to each other. And for goodness sakes, you guys, be safe. Do you ever think I just ramble on meaninglessly? Because it felt like that last section had nothing valuable in it. It's like I just caught myself talking out loud. I I probably should apologize. But if you listen this far, you're a pretty hardcore listener. Or you're waiting for your phone to automatically switch to the next podcast, which that's fine too. I mean, I'm supportive of that as well. That is the pod, my friends. Thanks for listening. Be good.